there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This show was presented by DraftKings. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving weekend. We'll recap a lot of what took place this week in the NFL and college football and tied into week 13 of the National Football League and Conference Championship weekend that we have coming up. On Friday night and Saturday. How are you feeling today? Pretty good? Okay. Things okay. all right? Yeah. Thank God we took off Friday. There was no way I was going to make it in. I woke up at 8 in the morning. What? The t- oh, the turkey knocked me out. Was, I never, what time did you go to bed on Thanksgiving? 9 o'clock. You slept for <laughs> right 11 after the, hours? Right after the, yeah, I know. Never even woke up either. That never happens. But wow. the damn turkey got me. Was San Diego good? Oh, what a spot. Yeah. On the water. There you go. I mean, just, uh, you know, took the dogs down there. Beautiful location. Yeah, I love that city. It was great. One thing, it's always cloudy and gloomy when I go to San Diego. Me too. You're the June gloom thing? June it gloom. Doesn't, it's, tw- it's 12 months out of the year. Can't catch a break. How is that possible? I know. Did you say I had a Blake Snell? I wish I would have seen him. Oh, I would have, I would have okay. thanked him in person. Yeah, buy him dinner or sure. something. He owe the guy a beverage at least. I know. It's like the one winning ticket I've had in the last two weeks, I think. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Yesterday's football action, there's a lot to get to with that. Let's start with the big game that we had in the Sunday afternoon, early evening window with the Bills playing on the road against the Eagles. There was so much at stake in that game, specifically for the Buffalo Bills, Paulie. And that game had a little bit of everything. I mean, I love football in inclement weather. I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. That mud, rain, a little bit of wind. The white jerseys were um, all muddied up for the Bills throughout that entire game. It feels to me like they kind of gave that game away. It also feels to me like the referees did them no favors, but more on that coming up in a little bit. Uh, This team now, they are completely up against it. And they might be one of the best teams in football, but they are 10th. They're 10th right now in the AFC. I think they have to run the table. Remember, their conference record stinks. They're going to lose all these tiebreakers. They let Philly hang around. They couldn't put them away. Next thing you know, whoop, we're going to overtime. You know, the shenanigans with McDermott. 
Uh, I can't believe Elliott makes the kick. You're right. So crucial calls went against them. You can't lose that game. You can't. Philly came down to two and a half at most spots as well. Somehow they cover. And Hurts does it again. The Eagles do it again. And this is, you're right. They have a lot of talent. The window is closed. But again, to think, go back to the summer or August that we're going to sit here and talk about the Bills and Bengals missing the playoffs. I can't believe it. Yep. And that's just, they, they couldn't put them away with the missed field goals, the sloppy play. Uh, and and it, it's, you score that many points on the road and you can't get a win. And you also had a 10-point lead in the second half. Yes. Twice. Yeah, come on, guys. Yep. You got to close that. that. Come on, Buffalo. So now Buffalo, they're going into their bye week. The couple of games after the bye week, it's Kansas City, the Cowboys. They have to come out on the road on the West Coast and play the Chargers. The Patriots are in the mix as well and on their schedule, and they close at Miami. I mean, it just – and you knew that going into this, like going back back it up a couple of weeks here, their schedule was going to be a gauntlet, mm-hmm. and they were going to have to, you know. But now, at KC, the Cowboys, the way that they're playing right now, I figure they'll beat the Chargers because that team's a bigger yeah. mess than anybody else in football. But look at the schedule. Look how many games they gave away. They gave away the game Monday night to start. Allen had, what, three, four turnovers, yes. four turnovers in that game, and they lose on the, on the walk-off punt return. They gave away the Bronco game. Well, how about the planning to go to London and play Jacksonville? That too, right. How do you lose to the Patriots? The Patriots are going to win two games this year. They're awful. Not only did they lose, they allowed Mac Jones somehow to score 29 points. Uh, It needs to be an investigation, what happened there. And then, again, McDermott and company waited too late because you saw how how much Allen ran last night. Oh, boy. And and they wouldn't let him do it. They're like, well, save your rushing game. For the playoffs, we don't want you to get hurt. But now you're not going to make the playoffs. It's too late. Yep. That version of Josh Allen is like MVP, and he's a monster. I don't know why they decided, no, let's let's keep the Corvette parked in the garage. Right. Why? Absolutely. You spend $300,000 on a car, you take it out once a week. You know? It's silly. He's got Davis wide open, miscommunication. That's the walk-off. Oh, you know, oh, the other thing, the guy's oh. 0 6 in overtime. How can how's that possible? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Allen, and, and and I don't know how Elliott can make that kick. It's like Vinatieri when it was 20 below against Tennessee. The ball's a rock. Yep. Uh, and it's he, going wide left. It comes all the way back, uh, yes. going wide right. Oh, yeah. and somehow it slices uh-huh. right through. Yep. So Allen can't find a way to get it done. He's never never won in overtime, and then Hurts has won 14 in a row against teams that entered the game with a winning record. Wild. This is nuts. That's abs- So also, uh, here's what I think the referees missed. Uh-huh. The blatant horse collar on Josh Allen. Right right in front of him. Right Terrible. in front of him. Sterator doesn't know what to say. H- how do you miss that? I That's know. clear as day. Yep. They missed the P.I. on Diggs in overtime. Yep. How? Yep. There's there's a beautiful angle from like the, the judge right there, the official, who's staring right at him like maybe 10 yards away. Nothing. Let's it go. Um, you're right. Gabe Davis, wide open, miscommunication there. And I would actually say this on McDermott. Uh, why the second timeout? Why did you try to ice Elliott when you had 20 seconds on the clock and then you could have had two timeouts left? You got it back with 20 ticks. You take a kneel down. Terrible. And that's how you... What? what? You Terrible. just lost to the Chiefs two years ago in 13 seconds. Hello. There you go. What Amen, I- brother. Amen. And it was just, as I tweeted, you know, maybe Chris Russo gave Romo the gummies because Romo was out of it. That whole sequence... What is it? Fourth and nineteen. Fourth and seventeen. Fourth and seventeen. Romo says to Nance, "How about a fake here?" Yeah, he wants to fake the field goal, 
And Nance is like, what? It's fourth and 17? Yeah. Uh, just assuming they have no chance to make it. And then you're right. It, it, it happened to the Bills. All Mahomes needed was 13 seconds. You are probably going to go or maybe win the Super Bowl that year. All you need is 13 seconds. So for whatever reason, he ices the kicker, then he takes the knee. And then before the play, Romo says, good move. You're, uh, you're more likely than a strip sack than a 20-yard completion. Yeah. Tony, it's a 31-31 game. He's, what are you watching? He's yeah. got a howitzer for an arm. Yeah, he's, got, he's making the case that the Philly d- defensive line is so good, there's as good of a oh. chance they're going to get a strip sack they can go the other way than complete a 20. What? Now, I know Bass had his issues, but he has a big leg. But the point is, Allen has a big arm. Yeah. You could get a P.I. He certainly could of complete course, a... Of that's tw- always in play. That's right. He could complete a 25-yard pass to Davis or Diggs. You, have, you would have two timeouts if McDermott didn't lose his mind. You absolutely could get in field goal range in 20 seconds I thought that with was two timeouts, and, a, he, and he plays for overtime. Yet another bad look for Sean McDermott. That was really, really bad. And I will bring this up. Uh, yeah, uh, it's not the be-all, end-all. But on the pass breakup there that went to A.J. Brown, if Poyer doesn't knock it down, if he allows Brown to catch it, Eagles are out of timeouts and tackles them, they got to do the fire drill. Clock's ticking, tick, 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 tick. It's fourth down, no yeah. timeouts. They're going to have to bring the special teams out there and, and kick the field goal at that point. It's 59-yarder. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I'm nitpicking here, but... I thought that was an incomplete pass to A.J. Brown. It's a tough call, but yeah. I, I also agree that if it's ruled incomplete, they won't overturn it. Because I know you made the comparisons of the Sunday night game with Allen. Well, but well, okay. I thought a, I thought it was an incomplete pass, but so yeah, uh, I did. T- I did tweet that out. And here, my yeah. tweet was: AJ Brown equals fumble. Keenan Allen, I'm sorry. AJ Brown equals no fumble. Keenan Allen equals fumble. Okay, got it. My, I guess I should I should have put this on the tweet. They were both like bang bang decisions. I thought they decided that the AJ Brown incompletion was incomplete within like two seconds. They decided that Keenan Allen, like that was a fumble last night within two seconds. I'm like, do you want, maybe you want to look at it for another second or two? Can you let it breathe for a minute here? I, I'm not going to disagree yeah. with you. I think the Brown thing probably was incomplete, but it felt like they just made up their minds immediately. And then Keenan Allen, I'm still not sure. Fumble, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But they just they decided instantaneously, and like, okay, moved on, Ravens ball. It is out of control. I agree with everyone who tweeted back at you, though, too. There's no consistency. And and if you hit a quarterback hard and it looks bad, they're going to throw the flag. Ask the Broncos. Oh, sure. I mean, it's just you come and you push a guy like DTR. He's you know throwing off one leg and you push him and they call, they throw a flag. Um, it's uh, it happened several times in the Bronco game, but then again they have a reputation because of Jackson. Yeah, and right. What's gone on? So and and anyway, this AFC is a mess. It's an absolute mess. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to get in. I don't know. Kansas City doesn't play a team with a winning record the rest of the year. Oh, okay. So then is that the likely one seed that we're talking about? It figures to be because they have the win over Jacksonville, which Jacksonville's hot, and they've won seven of eight, and they have a lot of easy games coming up, but Kansas City beat them. So they're going to have that huge tiebreaker. You think this is fair to say about Jacksonville? We have yet to see their A game one time this year. Like 60 minutes, everything involved here. Yes, yes. I don't think we have. I agree with you, yeah. I remember last year, this is exactly when the team took off and got Lawrence took was very good on a rocket ship, and they got yep. hot as a pistol. But they, again, will get a true test with this team when they play Baltimore coming up before the end of the season. That's a game I figure Baltimore will win and probably look impressive doing so based on just like Jacksonville's other, like the San Francisco game is still kind of lingering in my mind. Well, I mean, I, Baltimore, again, they almost blew that, though. 
I mean, you got the double-digit lead again in the fourth quarter, and Harbaugh's going conservative. And I, I, I don't know why Zay Flowers doesn't fall down, but that's uh, another discussion. But that's, yeah, you can't put teams away, and Harbaugh got conservative, and Baltimore could be undefeated. But you just see that in, uh, incredible stat that they've had the lead in the fourth quarter of every game this year. But a very good team, and I can't believe how good their defense is. And they did it again last night. You want to get really nuts? I watched games yesterday with a uh, mutual friend of ours. He grabbed the Broncos. Um, yeah, the Broncos this past week, 57-1 to to win the AFC. Looking at it, what the hell were they? They're plus $1.25 at DraftKings to make the playoffs. How about this turnaround? Oh, it's incredible. Uh, where'd the defense come from? <laughs> they, gave up, they gave up 70 points in a game. They've allowed 80 during this winning streak. Oh. They have a five-game winning streak now, and the defense looks like the steel curtain. I can't believe it. I don't know. Maybe this is, yeah. I, they can get in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, for sure they can. And this is, they got to see more offensively, but the, yeah. Right. Wow. That would be a wild story. With, I mean, with the... They beat the Chiefs. Sure. With the Bengals out of it, with the Bills now yeah. teetering on, oh boy, appears like the AFC is wide open. Uh, more NFL coming up next. Maybe the NFC is the exact opposite of the AFC. I'll be stunned if this happens. Coming up here on v There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Welcome aboard Total Wine. I was again there last week. Love it. I'm Santa Claus, giving out the gifts. Lowest prices for over 30 years. Spirits, beer, and more. Find what you love. Love what you find. Please drink responsibly. Gotta be 21. Great customer service. The selection blow you away at Total Wine. Great spot. Yes, it is. Love it there. Okay. Opening numbers. Week 13. National Football League. Thursday night. Cowboys playing the Seahawks. This is in Dallas. Dallas opened up a seven-point favorite. They're about seven and a half now. Yeah. Um, they have buried people at home this year. And yeah. they have buried, you know, quote-unquote bad teams or average teams. And I think I think Seattle qualifies the way Geno's playing and the way Geno's compromised. And uh, certainly that was a bad performance against San Francisco, but I, I would think Dallas defense going to feast on Geno here. I could not have said it any better myself. Yeah. Those my, were my exact words. This is a uh, below-average football team, I, be- I believe, at this point. And look at Dallas's resume. They take out teams like this yeah. in a body bag. And they're not afraid, by the way, to run it up a little bit. Seattle's going to miss the playoffs. It's I'm, unfortunate. I'm pretty convinced of that. Yep. yep. I think Seattle misses, and I I would lean Green Bay squeezing in there. Oh, wow. Oh, that'd be something. Yeah, we're killing LaFleur. They can't get I know. Him. Wow. Now, having said that, I do not recommend betting Green Bay to make the playoffs today because they have Kansas City this upcoming week. Uh-huh. So I'd wait a minute on that. Okay. The Chargers opened up four and a half at the Patriots. This is before last night's game. Chargers went to five and a half or six. I don't know. You, you can have all of the Chargers that you want. This is the biggest stay away game of the week for me. Just put someone else in a quarterback, please. I mean, it's, how, how long are we going to do this? Just put him in and then pull him. He's awful. He has no confidence, and the team hates him. Don't start him. I don't know what Belichick's doing. Yep. Maybe maybe the agreement's already been made. You're, you're, we're going to part ways at the end of the year. Just put him in so we sell bad tank and get a top three draft pick. I mean, how can you, how can you look at your, your teammates and say, oh, we're going with Mac Jones again? And again, here comes Zappy as well. Seven points and you lose against the Giants. You want to lay the five and a half with the Chargers? Actually, I do. You do? Yeah, I don't want, yeah. Yeah. If this was any other organization, and I say that because the, the Spanos family, they do not have a history of firing coaches. Yeah, it's over. If this was any other organization, Brandon Staley would be gone today. Yeah. This would have been, I mean, he would have been gone a while back in my opinion, but this, that, this is it. They can win out. They're gonna, excuse me. They're going to have to win out. But it's uh, what a disaster. Can I can I be honest here oh, for a second? I'll get full disclosure here. I, I you know the, we're up early in the morning during football season. We have three primetime games. We watch it all. We're up till eight thirty nine o'clock at night. After the first two fumbles last night, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the full Brandon Staley Chargers experience with Jason Garrett on the broadcast. Oh sure. I said TV's going off. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can get a couple extra minutes of sleep tonight. <laughs> okay. I couldn't deal with it. Good for you. How yep. do they, among other things, how do you possibly plug Jason Garrett into a Sunday Night Football broadcast? Uh-huh. Boy, oh, he, my God. Boy, the cliches. And it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, clapper. Here's, here's an interesting game. Atlanta's three at the Jets. Love Atlanta. 
Oh, you love Ritter? Oh, I love him. Oh, do you really? Oh, give me more. All you can eat on Atlanta. This Jet team is so... Oh, man. Well, come on. Is it Survivor worthy? Well, let's not get crazy. Okay. Now, this is... But, this is, uh, <laughs> but you love them. No. Yeah, they're, they're going to win and cover. I mean, this is the blow... Yeah, go against the Jets. Absolutely with Boyle. Okay. It's Hackett and what they're running. I mean, every pass is three yards. I know. All their, their only touchdowns are in garbage time. Yep. This offense is a joke. It's 1960 football. Uh, here's a conversation I had yesterday. Did you see did you see Lazard was inactive? Yeah. They gave him $40 million. Oh, yeah, sure. So, Roma Dunze, who played high school football out here in Las Vegas, he's the stud receiver at Washington. I was making the case, if that guy somehow slips to a really good team in the first round, like, let's say Roma Dunze slips to the Chiefs. I'm like, that guy's going to be an absolute stud. And the, the conversation turned into, so often it depends on landing spots for these receivers. Are the Jets going to waste Garrett Wilson's career? Like if, likely, if, yeah, if he, good point. It's likely, right? Yeah. If he goes to another team... He's so with good. A, that guy might be a top five receiver in the league, and we'll have no idea. Yeah. And I'll tell you, this Rodgers thing is picking up steam, too. I mean, he, he wants to be back at practice next week. He wants to play Christmas Eve against Washington. Oh. And if, then Sal, how about Salah coming off the field? Well, it was unfortunate. Not The 99-yard helmet. Oh, unfortunate. <laughs> well, it was unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay, great. Uh, Pittsburgh, they were three and a half. Then they reopened six and a half last night at home to Arizona. This hey, is, 400 yards. Look at that. All right, the drought's over. Friar Muth, big, big performance. Isn't Pickett that, played well. Isn't that funny? Canada's gone? Okay, here you go, 400 yards. Yeah, I don't want Arizona. That was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly. I bet Rams did whatever they want. Yep, yep. This is one of my bet, my game of the year bets. I bet Pittsburgh at six, thinking that there's a chance Murray might not come back. Okay. And I'd have a much better number. Same exact number that it was in the yeah. games of the year. Okay. Um, Tampa Bay, here you go. Opened up six last night against Carolina. Love Tampa unless there's going to be changes in Carolina this week. There could be changes coming. I think I think Tepper's had enough. I honestly would make a change at quarterback, too. That That's possible. That changes everything. If they go to Andy, I don't think they'll do that. Well, I don't think that it, uh, it, at that, some that point... Because Andy Dalton actually moved the ball against Seattle, and that's, I mean, Bryce Young is terrible. At some point, I would want to mentally, like, save Bryce Young. Oh, good point. Excellent point. Does he want to sit through a 1-15 in season? I, I would... Take his lumps. The plug it, yeah. would have been pulled if I'm in charge I, of that organization. I wouldn't be surprised if there if there is... That's a great point. If that happens, but I think you're going to see a coaching change. Indy... Now, this, the look ahead here was Tennessee minus one. Indy reopened at Tennessee minus two and a half last night. I'm watching the game yesterday, and I'm looking at it, and I look again, and I'm thinking, and I look at the stand, I'm like, the Colts can make the playoffs. Yeah. It never entered my mind until they had the lead early on against Tampa because I have that Houston ticket, too, and I'm, I'm like, the Colts are going to do this. Yeah, they I already know. beat Houston. I mean, what a job by Steichen with a backup quarterback, and Tennessee's a different team at home, but certainly Levis didn't do anything in the 17-10 to 10 win. This is in play. Yeah, I noticed that, too, after the Houston loss. I'm like, wait a second, they're tied with the Colts in second place? <laughs> yeah. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, uh, Miami, on the look ahead, they were seven at Washington, then the reopener last night, eight and a half. Okay, so a little dust-up over the weekend with Del Rio. He's let go, and I, I don't think, how do you keep Rivera around? I mean, it's enough already, too, in Washington. I mean, this is just, uh, what the, a train wreck this team's become. I don't know. How do the Dolphins not feast against this uh, yeah. commander secondary? Mm-hmm. They should go off the entire game. <laughs> this is a sneaky, really good game. Houston at home to Denver. Texans are three to the Broncos. <sighs> this turnaround for Denver is uh, legit, folks. 
Great job, Sean Payton. Great job. Yep, absolutely. Great job, Sean Payton. I was looking at, uh, I'm late to the party on this, but I looked at his number today for coach of the year. He's down to 16. I think he was 100 to 1 or higher three weeks ago. No, it's a good good point. The the winner here is definitely in business to make the playoffs. Absolutely. But more so Houston. Houston's $1.10 right now. Denver's plus 125. Houston wins this game with some easy ones coming up. Yep. No, I tell opinion, you, no opinion, though. I tell you, Houston's good. Despite the loss yesterday, I, I feel like the Broncos are the same thing. Pretty good. Ru- now, Russ Wilson's not going to throw for 380 yards and light the world on fire, but... Doesn't have to. No. The defense is playing uh, great football right now. The look ahead here, Philly, minus one and a half. Reopened pick last night against San Francisco. San Francisco taking money. They were up to one and a half or two. Niners won. Yep. Right move. I'm with you with the spot. The Niners have had it circled for a year. Possible one seed here for him as well. They win. Yeah, the schedule makers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners run the table. Purdy MVP? I'll give you this. What if Trey Lance was a starting quarterback in San Francisco and he had the same exact numbers? We'd be good in It's because he was Mr. Irrelevant. Of course. Yeah. Right. It would be third pick overall in the draft. They traded up for him while they knew what they were doing. And Trey Lance would be the narrative around this guy nationally would be like he's got to be the MVP. So uh, the Rams. Now, this was a pick. It was a pick last week. Then based on what happened yesterday, the injury at quarterback to Cleveland, also Miles Garrett banged up. Yeah. Reopened Rams three, all, shot to five, now four and a half. Wow. Stefanski is out of his mind. I, Sanchez was so good on the at color of that game. It's like, what is this? This isn't Harlem Globetrotters. Run the ball. You're two and one with Walker. Run the ball. You're gashing him on the ground. What's this, you know, double reverse crap? Sure. And that's okay. how you beat Denver, by the way, yeah. is running the football. And I, the Sunday night game, will they flex out of this? Well, I think the window's no, already no passed way, on no that. No way. Yeah. Uh, KC7 at Green Bay. Okay. No way. You're that strong on it, huh? No, I'm saying no. you can't flex out of it. It's, it's, it's an important game now. Yeah. No, that's what I'm Packers saying. Packers are yeah. in this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So any opinion here? Total is 42 now this morning. I'm not sold that the Chiefs have turned this around. Raiders have a bad defense, and they had several injuries, and... Certainly, it was ugly in the first half for Kansas City. Yeah, now, the, now, the Chiefs certainly can down the stretch with their schedule. Yeah, oh, so easy. But for the first 10, I mean, major question marks, I yep. would say. Yeah. And now that total is 40. Boy, if we have good weather in Lambeau, I think that, that total yeah. is too short. And now, the Monday night game, Jack, unfortunate here for the Bengals, but Jacksonville's eight against the Bengals. And that was seven. They're, they bumped up a tick to an eight-point favorite. Cincinnati did nothing. No, absolutely nothing. The two drives were set up by those fluke, should have been intercepted. And then, you know, Chase and whoever the other guy was, catch the ball, and it leads to a big play. Up next, Josh Applebaum is going to join the program. We will have him preview the Bears and the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Will favorites go to 13-3 on the week ATS? This is Follow the Money on v Become a v Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the v slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, who has the hot hand, pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, hippo videos. Become a v Pro subscriber today. Sign up our Black Friday special. Get it now. Access to everything we do through May 1st for only $60. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Here we go with a Monday Night Football preview as uh, 
Josh Applebaum joins the program now. Josh is a does a great job here for VSIN as a sports betting analyst. His two podcasts here that you can get anywhere you get your podcasts are called Morning Bets and Market Insights. Josh, good morning. How was Thanksgiving? Mitch and Paulie, great to be with you. Yeah, Thanksgiving went pretty well. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of get back into the groove of things. It's funny when you're you know busy making food and everything, sometimes you miss uh, the daily grind of betting on sports, but it's great to be back. Uh, doing what I love to do. So uh, how was your Thanksgiving? You guys have a good time? Yep, pretty good. Pretty good. Good to be back at work, nice. though, because it's uh, such a great weekend to recap <laughs> and look, look forward to beyond what we just uh, watched over the weekend, obviously. Okay, so let's go Monday Night Football. Bears-Vikings, Minnesota's down to three at DraftKings. Total here is 44. It, the favorites shined this weekend, Josh. They're 12-3 and ATS. And uh, from what we know about it now, it, it's never happened before. We're 13 favorites covered in one week during the Super Bowl era. What do you think today here of this number and uh, the total in the game? So I think you mentioned just that incredible trend there with those favorites. And that's kind of what we've seen all year long, uh, Mitch, here. You know, going to this game tonight, favorites are now 93 and 81 against the spread. 53.4%. That may not sound very good, but that's complete opposite of what we've seen, you know, last decade, even, you know, multiple decades here where dogs are usually the ones, you know, 53 to 55%. So this is an easy one for the public. They're just saying, don't think about it. Don't spend too much time capping this game. Take Minnesota, continue to to ride this chalk trend here, but I'd be a little bit careful of that one. Looks to me like the sharp play is taking the bears plus the points. Now we open this game, uh, Minnesota Vikings minus three and a half at home. Those uh, hooks got scooped up by wise guys looking to take the Chicago Bears three and a half down to three. And what's notable to me is that even though we fell three and a half to three, it's not juiced up back toward Minnesota like it's going back to three. It's actually the opposite. Even though you fall on a half point toward uh, toward um, the Chicago Bears, a lot of these Bears plus threes are juiced up plus three, minus 115, minus 120. So it tells me there's you know further liability here on Chicago. I don't know if we get down to two and a half guys, but just the fact that it's continued to juice up uh, toward Chicago despite this huge favorite trend tells me that the Bears tonight are the sharp play with uh, taking a few points. Now, you look at the Bears, they're super contrarian. They're only getting 25% of bets. Public is all over Minnesota. Three out of four uh, bets here are taking the Vikings at home. But pretty good bet split. Only 25% bets, but nearly 50% of the money is on Chicago. So further evidence of these larger wagers in favor of the Bears. Divisional dogs are 55% against the spread since 2020 because of the, that built-in familiarity, leveling the playing field, benefit the, benefiting the team getting points. You also get short road dogs getting three or less. They're 56% ATS since 2020. So you have a couple system matches here on the Chicago Bears. Remember, they played pretty decently when has since Fields has, has returned. They had a big lead against the Lions. They coughed that up. Uh, but I'm also looking at the total here, guys. You know, it opened around 43 and a half, 44. It really hasn't moved off that number very much. But we always have to identify this primetime under trend here. Primetime unders on the year are now 28 and 9. You saw another one hit last night where public uh, once again said Chargers, Ravens, good offenses. It's got to fly over. Nope, we saw another primetime under hit. They're now 28 and 9, 76% on the year. In particular, on Monday night, they're 12 and 1. So this has just been a ridiculous, uh, huh. you know, angle here to take these lower scoring games in these primetime matchups. Minnesota is 8-1 and one to the under on the year. Divisional unders are 56% since 2022. And, Paulie, I came prepared for you because last week you asked me about a prop. I didn't have one for you. Huh? I got one for you tonight, my man. I'm going Cole Komet, over 36.5 receiving yards. Beautiful. The big tight end for the Bears. Uh, it's juiced up over 
minus 120. When I'm looking at prop bets, I'm always looking at, hey, where's that? Where you know, Who are the guys that are being juiced up over? That tells me that there's some liability there, and you might uh, get a good number before it moves. But Minnesota is giving up nearly 900 yards this year to tight ends. That's the third most in the NFL. Cole Komet has gone over this number in seven of ten games this year. And Cole Komet Lee is second, actually, on the team in targets beyond DJ Moore with 61. So uh, lean pretty hard here to the Bears. I, I would go under primetime, uh, under trend or nothing. And Cole Komet sure. is a, a player prop that I'll be sweating tonight. Can you get me 37 yards? That's what I'm rooting for, yeah, Paulie. Good job. All right. Uh, thanks for jumping in the pool. The wa- water's uh, warm. Good. <laughs> I like largest lead under 14 and a half as well. How about Eberflus? He's never beat a team above 500. And he's never won a game in the division. Yeah, that's not a good trend here if you're looking to, to play a money line play. But, uh, again, taking the points, that looks like this side with liability with the Bears. All right, what do you think in the NBA tonight with Washington and Detroit? I would, I would think, you know, the way Washington <laughs> plays defense, we could get uh, 20 each on them. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm hoping so, Paulie. I'm going over here. You probably want to grab it as soon as you can because this thing is rising as we speak. But we opened with Wizards-Pistons total around 233 and a half, 234. Before I jumped on your show, guys, I got the over 235. Now we're seeing, even though our board says 234, I'm seeing some 236s out there. So this thing is steaming as we speak, but a lot of trends to the over in this one. Obviously, we've seen the steam. Uh, you jack up this total just in general, but also 44% of bets, 69% of the money is on the over. So pretty good bet split, sharp contrarian to that over. NBA overs this year, it's kind of the opposite of the NFL. NFL unders have been great. They're 60%. Overs this year in the NBA are nearly 54%. Again, doesn't sound that great, but typically you actually see unders uh, as the smarter bet because the public loves to bet overs. But here's where we get into some good stuff with this over. When the total is 230 or more, guys, those higher end upper echelon totals, the over is 42 and 28 this year, 60%. When the total is 230 or more and both teams missed the playoffs last year, so kind of, you know, you're not a very good team, you don't play defense, those two bad teams, high total overs, they're 11 and 2 to the over, 85%. Both teams are 10 and 6 to the over on the year. Both teams are top 10 in terms of pace, and both teams are bottom eight in terms of defensive efficiency. So I think you're spot on here, Paulie. This smells to me like a gross, high-scoring game. Not a lot of defense, a lot of offense. I'm on over 235 for the Wizards and the Pistons. All of the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Josh Applebaum, VSIN Sports Betting Analyst. His two podcasts are called Market Insights. And morning bets. Let's go hardcore here. One college basketball game you want to take a peek at tonight. And uh, on the board now, Kel, well, Santa Barbara is playing Fresno State. And Fresno opened about two and a half the way it looks. They're down to one and a half or two at some spots. But I'm looking at the total here, Josh, as well. Opener around 146 and a half. Now the low water mark on the board is 141. Uh, What do you want to do with this game? So I did lean under quite a bit, but you mentioned that this thing has moved so much. It's hard as a sports better to take an under 141 when you open 146. So I feel like you missed the boat there. Maybe you get a better live betting opportunity. But I'm going to stick with Fresno State here in this one, uh, Mitch. I think there's an angle to back Fresno in this game. Uh, it's kind of a buy low, sell high. You know, you look at Cal Santa Barbara. They've won two straight. Last thing we remember from Fresno State is that they got blown out by James Madison. But JMU is actually a pretty good team. They're 22nd in the country, lost by 31 points to JMU. But a couple angles here. You mentioned kind of the spread. It's been all over the place. You had some openers one and a half up to two. You had some two and a half down to two. So split the difference, about a two-point spread here. Uh, but you look at um, the strength of schedule. That's one thing that I'm going to lean on here because uh, when you look at um, the Mountain West versus uh, the Big West, That's one thing where you're looking at Santa Barbara going to an upper echelon conference. And also Santa Barbara, they're very one-dimensional. They score a ton. They're actually first 
uh, in all of college basketball in terms of field goal percentage, but they also give up more than 80 points a game and they play. Uh, they're actually uh, really bad defensively. They're 278 in schedule adjusted uh, defensive efficiency. So they really clean up Santa Barbara does on their small little conference. We're going to take a leg up here to Fresno state. I think it's a short number on Fresno. Ken Palm has Fresno winning by three. He's got him ranked higher. Fresno is top 50 in both field goal percentage and three-point percentage. So I'm going to bank on this home court as well, guys. You see this a lot in college basketball. Uh, obviously, when we get to conference time, it's just hard to go to an opposing gym and come out with a win here. You look at Santa Barbara, 0-1 on the road. Fresno's 2-0 so far at home. This is a short number on a better uh, strength of schedule team here for Fresno. So I'm Fresno money line, minus 130. Again, I don't want to mess around with a two-point win and push, one-point win and lose. I'll pay the 130 and hope the Bulldogs win this game tonight. All right, Josh. Good analysis as always. Thanks for the time today, and uh, best of luck tonight and this week. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Josh Applebaum. Okay. So you were pondering, I believe, correct oh, yeah. me if I'm wrong on this, right, tonight, Survivor? You are correct, sir. Two things. Um, number one, I asked Paul Charchian on the air Friday, be- Wednesday, before we went on vacation. Yeah. I go, would you use the Bears, the Vikings, and survive? I couldn't even get it out. No, you couldn't. He said no. Yep. And guess who took me out last year? Oh, the Bears. On a Monday night game on the road. I was down to the, I was under the last 200 people last year. And Fields beat Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, that's why I was giving you a hard time this year when I, you were playing this, the Chargers. But that and was... I'm from Minnesota. I got I, this is. I go. They're not going to get me again. Plus, everyone I talk, no one liked the game. No one wanted the Vikings. Couldn't do it. Scary, dangerous. How many people in Circus Survivor are on the Vikings tonight? Thirty some. I mean, is it that big of a number? Yeah. If the Vikings lose, it's madness. It's absolute madness. Then, then it's down to like 85 then, people. Yeah. Then you're talking about the tickets worth 114,000. If they lose tonight. Yeah. It's a big game. That's your big boy tonight. What, do you have any strategy like this? No. Like, do you, no, I'm, you're going to let it go? I'm living a dream. Do you want to, I'm saying, like, I don't you, know what's going to happen about how many people are going to chop and what's. Right. What? I'm saying, like, well, you, I know what I'm doing mapped out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Would you bet Vikings yes. money line tonight no. just to be no. hoping oh, you mean, lose that bet? Oh, with that, with the hedge? Yeah. That, that's definitely because that's, yes. That's, that. you're taking out a ton of people, yes. All right, we'll get into the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend coming up next. Again, I could not get over one of the windows we had this weekend. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN. This show is presented by DraftKings in this hour. We'll recap the weekend betting action in Win Some, Lose Some. Michael Lombardi will join us coming up in 30 minutes and our in-pocket plays here more college football as uh, John Talty joins the program now senior writer 24-7 sports he's on x at j Talty. john good morning thanks for the time today how are you appreciate you guys having me you bet you got okay it. so now here we are championship well weekend is now set for games friday and saturday the sec title game is down to uh you know the two favorites in the conference before the season started i know lsu is right there with alabama but it's going to be the crimson tide and the Bulldogs, your your impression, your, like your reaction when you saw the point spread right away. Georgia is now a five, even a, at some spots, a five and a half point favorite against the Crimson Tide. Yeah, not not shocked by that. You know, I expected Georgia to be the favorite in this game. Uh, I think Georgia, especially the way that you know they looked a little sloppy against Georgia Tech, but the way that I think that they were able to beat up Ole Miss, uh, beat up on Tennessee, beat Missouri. You know, this is a team that seemed to be peaking at the right time. Alabama. It's been more, more of a roller coaster this year. Uh, and I think you saw some of that, especially this past week against Auburn in the Iron Bowl, that this is a team that it's never going to be easy. So there, there's it's going to be a challenge for Alabama to win this game. Now, of course, there's going to be plenty of storylines about Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban. And of course, that Alabama is the last team to beat Georgia ahead of their long winning streak here in this game two years ago, 2021, where Somewhat similar circumstances in that Alabama looked really bad against Auburn, needed four overtimes to beat Auburn, comes in as an underdog in the SEC championship game, and then puts together its best game of the year and beats Georgia. Georgia, of course, ends up winning that national championship later on that season. But uh, this is a Georgia team that seems to have figured out its offense. Uh, we know they have their talent. Carson Beck has improved a lot. And uh, I think there's you know, no reason to be surprised by them being uh, you know, a five-point favorite here. Are you baffled by what Hugh Freeze did on the last play? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible that he's now been on the receiving end of not only that play, but in 2015, that fourth and 25 play against Arkansas that ended up allowing Alabama to make 
the SEC championship. Uh, that's just one of those where I get why they do it. You want to drop a lot of guys uh, back, but Jalen Miller had all day back there and uh, ultimately was able to find Isaiah Bond. And when you watch that replay, it looked like he might've had multiple guys he could have thrown to in the end zone. Bond, obviously the guy that he locked in on and scored the touchdown with, but that's just a dangerous play when you give a guy who not only has the running ability, but also has a really strong arm. When you give him that much time to survey the field, you're asking a lot from your defensive backs to be able to cover for that long. Ultimately, it was six seconds or so. And it's just mind boggling. I don't know. I've watched that replay numerous <laughs> times already, and it still boggles the mind watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I can't believe the spy, too. Like he's going to take you, like Mitch said, you want him to run. It's fourth and goal from the 31. Who cares if he runs? I don't, I can't, right. I can't believe the whole team wasn't in the end zone. I can't believe it. I still stunned. Yeah, it's, uh, you, I mean, you could replay that multiple times and it still is never really going to make sense. But that's just something about this Alabama team that they've won numerous games where it felt improbable or unlikely uh you yeah. know third times tennessee felt like they were going to lose texas a&m so there's a little bit of that factor of this team that you know doesn't really apply to gambling but sometimes the team i think just has a little bit of that it factor and this alabama team is not as talented as some of the previous ones certainly under the nick saban era but uh it's, it's just it's got guys like jill Milrow who just seem to make plays at the end of uh, games i'm glad you brought up the game from you know two years ago when they went there and played the iron bowl on the road again and it took a miracle to win that game and they were completely dead and buried. They were not going to make the playoff. Uh, and then they went to the SEC title game. And you're right. I mean, that was the last time Georgia lost a football game. And Alabama played their absolute A game the following week after nearly blowing it to the Tigers. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I think you know. You could see from this team again. I think what's so fun about particularly Alabama-Georgia is obviously the the relationship between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban is well known, it's well established. They worked together for more than a decade at at multiple different places, including LSU and Miami Dolphins. And these are two guys that know each other very well. And I think that's leads to kind of that fun chess match of of football in which you know what I like to do, you know what I don't like to do, and how do I try to force you into what you don't like to do and how do I try to you know force you to let me do what I want to do. And that's the kind of fun thing between these two guys. And you know, more often than not, Nick Saban has had the advantage. Now, Kirby Smart later on that year was able to win his first national championship over Alabama. Uh, Alabama fans will, would point out to you that Jameson Williams hadn't gotten hurt. Alabama could have won that game. Uh, they were winning into the fourth quarter of that national championship game. But, you know, Georgia wins that game and really kind of starts off this kind of dynasty type run that we're seeing right now, which they've won the last two. They're, I think, one of the the hot teams, one of the favorites to win a third. And for them to win their third would be un unprecedented. Uh, I don't think we're – I think the last time to do it was, what, in, in the 1930s? Uh, so kind of a, a whole different era now for Kirby Smart and Georgia to be able to accomplish that. So there's, there's a lot at stake for both teams. And, you know, this is – it's not quite a national quarterfinal uh, just because I think Alabama could win and still not make the playoff. But – uh, it has that general feel in the last year of the four-team playoff where both of these teams need to win to have a shot to get in. Okay. Now, based on that, it's Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, John Talty, he covers college football for 24-7 sports and covered Alabama for a long time as well. Let's say Alabama escapes Saturday with a narrow win, and it's like 28-27. Great game. Both teams look really, really good. Is there a better chance, in your opinion, of the SEC getting both teams in the playoff or zero teams in the playoff? In, in that sense, I think it's zero, um, which is definitely the uh, 
you know, the thing that I think scares uh, the SEC at this point. Um, they have not missed a playoff to this point since it started in 2014. And I think you could make good arguments for both teams to make it. This is just an unprecedented situation in which we have this many teams who are either undefeated uh, or one loss power five teams heading into this final weekend where you try to do the math, you try to run all the different scenarios and it's just, it's hard to find a way for both to get in. Now, if Florida state loses to Louisville, I think that would open up a spot. If Oregon beats Washington, could you talk yourself into Alabama and or Georgia being over Oregon? Potentially. I don't think that would necessarily play out that way. And then, of course, you would need Texas to lose to Oklahoma State as well. Uh, Michigan, I think, is in. I don't see them losing to Iowa. So just the the potential spots are just limited right now. And now I understand the argument that the SEC will find a way find a way to get in. I think that's definitely conceivable. Uh, it feels hard to leave out a one loss SEC champion Alabama team that would have beaten number one Georgia, which had not lost since 2021. Uh, I get that. That would certainly qualify in the four best teams. But if you've got four undefeated teams ahead of it, I just I don't really know, you know, how how it sneaks in. Uh, it's certainly going to be for the first time in a long time, I think, guys, a situation headed into that kind of selection Sunday where there's real drama, there's real intrigue. The last few years, there really has not been much. The Florida State situation's a mess now. It really makes it difficult. I, I, what do you, if that's, let's say they win by three points, what would you do? And what do you think they'll do? It's so hard. So last year, I, they do this thing um, with college football playoff where they do, they invite media members to kind of go uh-huh. through the selection process. I did it last year. Okay. And, one of the teams that we talked a lot about was that I think it was 2014 Florida State, which was undefeated, right. but was very wobbly down the stretch. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, Jameis, and they ended up getting destroyed by Oregon. And I remember we debated a lot, like, this is an undefeated team, but it's not one of the four best teams. And ultimately, in both our scenario and then also in real life, Florida State made it, even though I think back in that moment, it didn't feel like it was one of the four best teams. So. If the college football playoff actually goes by its mantra of the four best teams, I don't think Florida State is one of them at this point. They have the resume. Uh, They obviously were a very good team of Jordan Travis. They beat LSU. They've beaten some good teams. But in this current moment without Jordan Travis, I don't think they're one of the four best teams. I think Alabama would be better than them in this scenario. It's just very hard for me to imagine them leaving out an undefeated power five team. I just, it's never happened before. And I just don't see them doing it. Even if there's a strong argument for it, it's just, sometimes you just take the easier path out and the easier path is to just take the undefeated ACC champion. Does Alabama, if it comes down to it, John, and it's the fourth team, right? And it comes down to Alabama and Texas. Does Bama win out there in the committee's eyes? Or are they going to look at that win by Texas back in September and say, nope, too much. They have the head-to-head win. They're going to get in. Yeah, I think I think that's what the, the conversation has been to this point, that Texas having that head-to-head 10-point win in Tuscaloosa gives them the edge. Now, again, I think if you look at how these two teams have played down the stretch, I think that Alabama has a more impressive resume overall. But I think it's very hard for Alabama to overcome that head-to-head loss to Texas because Texas uh, will have a win over Alabama. That's it's going to be its best win. And so if Alabama beats Georgia and it's the SEC champion, Texas then gets to say, hey, our best win was we went on the road 
and beat a top three, top five, whatever it ends up being, Alabama team. And Oregon doesn't have a win like that. You know, none of these teams are going to have a win that good outside of Michigan over Ohio State. So I think that's the the kind of the nightmare scenario for the SEC is Texas winning out and, you know, having that head-to-head win over Alabama because uh, it seems to, at least to this point, block Alabama from jumping the Longhorns. Yep. Uh, John, we have like 20 seconds here. You have a Heisman vote. Uh, who do you think wins eventually between Knicks, uh, between Daniels? I think Penix is kind of out of it at this point, but between those two guys. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Knicks or Daniels. Um, you know, I think Daniels has been the guy headed in, but him not playing conference weekend, I think if Bo Nix goes wild, beats Washington, puts Oregon in the playoff, you know, we have recency bias. I think that would mm-hmm. kind of swing a lot of votes. And so uh, I think if Oregon wins and Bo plays well, Bo ends up being the guy. Um, but if he has a terrible game and Washington wins, I think Daniels should get that push. I think you're spot on. You can follow John on X. He's at Jay Talty. Read him at 24-7 Sports. John, that was an awesome spot. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Good. There you go. Enjoy the games this week. We'll recap the betting action from the weekend and win some, lose some next here on VEASAN. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. The menu is so good at DraftKings. We run down all the props Friday in the NFL. And again, as I mentioned, the safety and overtime cash, so much you can bet. And also in the NBA, the game can change in an instant, no matter how the action unfolds. New customers can score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Just bet $5. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FOLLOW. Code FOLLOW for the bonus at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Every Monday at this time, Michael Lombardi joins the program now. His show is called Lombardi Line, weekdays, Monday through Friday, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 o'clock Pacific. The new podcast is coming out later on today. It's called GM Shuffle, and his book is called Football Done Right. Good mar- uh, morning, Michael. How are you today? I am great. Great week week of football. Wow, it's been great. Last night ended it, so we got another one tonight. It's all good. It's great. Congratulations, Paulie. Keep picking winners, man. I love it. Thank you, sir. I want to begin uh, in New England with the situation that is ongoing with Mac Jones. Uh, Paulie and I actually brought this up a little bit earlier. I can't believe I'm going to say this, Michael. He actually might be as bad as Zach Wilson looked uh, when he was starting no. quarterback. for the. No, not that bad? Okay. <laughs> no, but, he's worse. No, I think oh, he's worse. Oh, he's worse. You think oh. Mac's worse than Zach? But I, I, think that, I think what we have to – I think yesterday was the perfect landscape to understand what we don't usually utilize in handicapping. And – does the team like its quarterback? Do you think the Saints like Derek Carr? Yeah. Do you think those players like Derek Carr? Do you think the Patriots players like and can relate to, to Mac Jones? It's one of the things that concerned us when Tom Brady was there. As he was getting older, could he relate to the team? How did we bridge that gap? Well, Mac's the same age as these kids, but do you sense that they relate to him, that they like him, that they play for him? Nobody's going to deny this, right? This is just an observation from what I see. Meanwhile, on the other side, Tommy DeVito, who's not very good either, that they like him. Yeah, absolutely. They're rooting for him. They're rooting for him. They like him, and they're going to play for him. Same thing with Kenny Pickett. He's not any good, but the Steelers like him. He's well-liked in the locker room. It's what saved Jimmy Garoppolo's career in San Francisco. He was well-liked in the locker room. The players played for him. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, they're not like. I mean, you could just feel it. There's no energy they bring to the game. There's no energy, and the team knows it. 
The team knows it. It's the same thing with Carr. He's got great stats. Oh, look, he threw for 300 yards. Oh, if he just had a good defense, he would be in the playoffs every year. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. He was 0 for 5 in the red zone. He throws a pick six down there. Yeah. That's the problem. They can't relate. There's not a connectivity. Remember, the, the head coach, the, the quarterback, like the head coach, is the leader of the team. If there isn't leadership or connectivity, it disappears. This is what we see in New England. We see it in New Orleans, and we see it in other teams too. Great answer. Love the answer. Great insight. Why? Why is Belichick starting him though, and then just going to bench him every game? Because he has nobody else. They got Bailey Zappi, who's over there complaining about the scheme. Meanwhile, he's throwing <laughs> picks on an over route. I mean, look. If you want to criticize Bill, and he deserves to be criticized, is he did nothing to improve the quarterback even though this summer it was bad. We saw it all summer long. Zappi got cut, Paulie. Remember this? Yeah, right, right, right. Like what they should have done is they should have signed somebody. They signed Will Greer, okay? That didn't work out. Will Greer, how bad must Will Greer be if he can't beat out Zappi or Mac Jones? Right. Look, Belichick's not sabotaging the season. You know, people say, why did he go for it in overtime? Why did he not? Because he was trying to help his team win a game. If Zappi would have thrown three more passes, the Giants might have picked off two of them or had their hands on it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think he's trying to protect his team. That there's no look, if it was if they had somebody remotely breathing that could execute the offense, they would beat Mac Jones out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't hurt a team more than Mac Jones hurts the team. Yeah. Oh, the interception was so bad when they're driving in the field goal range. It's a, what, what do you make of the report? It's that, the same thing that happened in Indianapolis, Paulie. They've yeah. given up 10 points the last two weeks and have lost. That's right. That In the Germany game, right. What What do you make of the report that there's a serious uh, friction between Dayball and Wink Martindale? Well, I, I think, look, Jay Glazer you typically doesn't make stuff up. I mean, Jay Glazer, you know, he he's a really a strategic bomber. When he sends them out, there's he got it from somebody relatable, right? We know this. So, and anytime you have a bad situation in terms of losing, uh, I, I think there's always going to be friction, especially when the offensive head is an offensive head coach and the defense is actually trying to play good. I mean, you look yesterday. I, I mean, they were playing as good as you could play defensively. Devito didn't turn the ball over. He took numerous sacks. I mean, they didn't even try. Barkley was the best player on the field. They didn't give him the ball enough. Okay, so how bad is it going to get? I think it's close to rock bottom if it's not there already in Carolina. But are, is does Reich get the axe before the end of the season or on that Black Monday? when Because he's not going to go beyond year number one. I can't imagine at this point. I, I can't either. But also, I either. I mean, do they make a quarterback change as well, Michael? I, I, you know, I, I think they should. I agree. You know, you mentioned to me earlier that they said that Andy Dalton, look, they need to save this kid's mentally. But this offense is broken. And they've embarrassed the owner. I mean, let's face it. They've embarrassed Tepper. He's got all the people saying, we told you to take C.J. Stroud. Look at C.J. Stroud. My question is, if you would have put uh, Bryce Young in Houston and put Stroud in Carolina, what would that have looked like? Mm. You know? I I mean, I'm not sure uh, Bryce Young's a blown pick. Yes, he's small. I get that. But he's got great rhythm, great timing. But, boy, he's in shotgun all the time, which he doesn't belong in. They do nothing to help the quarterback. A lot of where you get drafted is really determined on how you're getting coached. And Frank Wright has this relationship of being a guru of quarterbacks, yet we've seen it not happen for him, whether it was Carson Wentz, whether it was, you know, he had Phillip Rivers for one year, you know, whether it was Matt Ryan. I mean, the offense is broken. It really is. I I think we're at a point in the season where I think the owners are saying – why would we 
fire the coach? Why would I fire Ron Rivera and have to pay somebody to be the head coach for five weeks when I'm going to fire everybody anyway? Good question. Follow yeah. the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Michael Lombardi, his shows later on today called the Lombardi Line, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 Pacific here on VEASAN. Uh, what are your early thoughts? It's a huge game, uh, not only this week, but maybe beyond with how these teams might be stacked up in the seeding in the NFC. But this this gauntlet's going to continue now for the Eagles. And somehow, someway, Michael, they just keep winning these games. I don't know how they won the last two, but here we yeah. are. They're 10-1. and one, And now the Niners are favored this morning on the road against Philly coming up this week. Your thoughts? You know, I think Philly is playing like a Super Bowl losing team for 50 minutes of most of these games. And then they play like a champion for the last 10 minutes or the last 20 minutes in Buffalo's case. The concern I have about Philly going into this weekend is they played a doubleheader against Buffalo. I mean, they played a doubleheader. There's no way uh, mm. Nick Sirianni can practice the team this week with any pat. I mean, it's going to be walkthroughs. They played 92 defensive plays yesterday, you know, and Buffalo did everything in their power to keep them in the game. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Buffalo was exceptional in every area except for, you know, when they needed it the most. I mean, they had 22 third downs in the game. And they converted 13 of them. Think about that. They dominated this game, except they missed two field goals. They turned the ball over. It's really a tribute to Philly for their ability to score 24 points in the second half. And, you know, I assume McDermott's going to fire his linebacker coach today because (laughs) all the conversation is about, you know, Buffalo. Where where is Buffalo's defense when they needed it? Hey, why don't you check the stat sheet out this morning and see if you can find Von Miller's name? Now I know Tony Romo said there's life in Von Miller on the TV yesterday. Why don't you go check the game book and see if he shows up in any stat on that game book? The answer is I'll save you the time. The no. Buffalo gets a lead. They can't rush the passer. That's the problem. This defense has issues. They've always had. They play from in front. Josh Allen can only do so much. Yeah, well said. Romo wanted him to fake a field goal, fourth and 17. I mean, he's all over the place. He uh, said Buffalo's playing their best football of the year. I mean, I don't know what game he's I mean, uh, this is two weeks in a row I've listened to him, and I don't know what game he's watching. Yeah. I mean, he's the Will Rogers of announcing. He loves everybody. Everybody's <laughs> the greatest coach in history. Yeah, yeah. You have a lean tonight on Monday Night Football? You know, I I just think Brian Flores will do a good job. Remember the last time they played this game in Chicago, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback, right? and so was Fields. Fields gets hurt, Badgen comes in and turns the ball over, which gives the game to Minnesota. But this Bear defense played Minnesota's offense with Jefferson, with Cousins, as well as you could play them all year. They really did. I think it's a struggle. I, I give Minnesota, I mean, I think I would take the points at three. I know it's coming down. It was three and a half. I liked it better there. But I think the Bears are playing better defensively. This is a moment where usually Justin Fields plays well on national TV. Uh, Lombardi line later on today, 1 o'clock Eastern, 10 Pacific. Also be on the lookout wherever you get your podcast. GM Shuffle dropping later on this morning and get his book called Football Done Right. Michael, great spot today as always. Thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Great you job, go. sir. Michael Lombardi. Yeah, worse. Oh. Mac Jones is worse. Jeez. So this is really what's going to happen well, that, now. That's also, the, the, the report was they can't stand them. And the, the Germany yeah. game, that was it. It's like, you're, you're killing us with these stupid throws. So Belichick's going to be at the top of the mountain for 20 years with Tom Brady. <laughs> Brady leaves, and he's yeah. going to, like, wow. this, this is it. This is his parting shot. He's going to leave New England as the, they're the worst team in football with Carolina? There were people, and I listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of stuff all summer. There were people that thought this was a playoff team. 
They're going to go 2-15. and 15. This is madness how bad they are. Yeah. Up next, In Pocket Plays. We'll recap the bets we made over Thanksgiving weekend and what we're on today, next here on VEASAN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.